Happy birthday, Anna. Happy birthday, Anna. Why you let me say happy birthday to your sister first? Well, because I already said it to her both today and leading up to her birthday. I was like, also, you know how sometimes you like pepper in the fact that, you know, it's somebody's birthday soon. If they (laughs) haven't mentioned it just to like a little bit flex and be like, aren't I such a good, like friend, family member, whatever. Cause Mm -hmm. I know your birthday and you didn't even tell me. I have never experienced that because in the entire two month period leading up to my birthday, I referenced the fact that it's almost my birthday roughly every single day. And I know this and I still love you, Mm. but it drives me crazy because I'm like, I know it's in my Google calendar. I know. I just really like my birthday. I'm a big, big birthday person, big birthday, huge birth. It's the one day a year that is about solely you. And you get to be super selfish about that. And I love that. Yes. I love it. Yeah. Mine's coming up soon. I don't know if you knew. It's not that soon. It's It's pretty soon. Several months away. It's pretty soon. (laughs) Your birthday is a month before mine and my birthday is not coming up. No, your birthday is not soon at all, but mine's pretty soon. It's not. It's really not. For reference, it's in August. My birthday, it's August 18th. August yeah, 18th Elise's birthday, is my birthday. August 18th. Send her a picture anybody, of a frog. In case anybody wanted me. Well, frog would be great. Yeah. I will also accept cats and top hats. Mm. Any kind of Little top frog. hat? Or do you have like a top hat preference? Actually, get, um, put the top hat on the frog. I want the cat in a cowboy hat. And yes. it has to be a little cowboy hat. Yes. Really like little. littler than the animal, or just like a small cowboy, slightly head. littler than the cat's head. Okay, so it's like a little bit too small, which makes yeah, it like it's funny. it's snug. Yeah, exactly. It's not staying on there without a little. You, yeah, you gotta have the little cord thing. Yeah, yep, you gotta have the little cord. Okay, great. You can send those to don't watch list at, at gmail.com. Be a nice little treat throughout the day. It's so funny that you say that. Isn't it? It is funny that you say that. It's Why is it so funny that I said that? As if you did that for it to be a nice transition. I did do that specifically so it would be a nice transition. It, Are you proud of me? It's working. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I'm very proud of you right now. I'm like so happy. transitioning. So I wanted to talk about little treat culture, actually. I, love I don't know culture. how familiar people are with little treat culture, mm-hmm. um, but it's essentially this. Um, if you've had a hard day, you tell yourself, I'm proud of myself for getting through this really hard day. I think I deserve a little treat. And your little treat might be a pint of ice cream. It might be getting yourself takeout. It might be going to Target and buying yourself a nice lip gloss or something. Um, it might be renting a movie on Amazon or, or wherever you rent your movies from. Whatever it may be, it's just a little treat. It's something you don't spend a ton of money on. I would say ideally anywhere between like five and $15 is like a little treat. Um, Also, if you've had a really good day and you want to celebrate how good of a day you've had, you get yourself a little treat. Little treat. If you've been super productive, you've earned a little treat. If you've been incredibly unproductive, you know what might get you on track? Little treat. A little treat. And I just, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of little treat culture in general. I would say pretty much every day I mm. think to myself, mm. I've earned a little treat. And it's not because of the same thing every day. Like you oh, said, no. did I, it's a surprise every day. Like what's mm-hmm. going to spark 
my desire for a little treat. Mm-hmm. I would say most often my little treat of choice is an afternoon coffee. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I go to Starbucks and get it. Like if I'm at work that day, Mm -hmm. sometimes I just make myself an iced coffee, but that's, that's my little treat go-to I would say. Iced coffee is a popular one for me, Mm -hmm. but that's like my default. If I don't have anything else Mm. on hand for a little treat and I don't want to like go out and buy a little treat, I would do an iced coffee. Okay. Okay. I would say snackies are a big little treat of mine. Snackies are a great little treat. Do you have like a snacky of choice that you're really into? It varies. So sometimes it's like a little ice cream. Sometimes Mm. it's Cheez-Its used to be a really big one. I've just recently been getting back into Cheez-Its. It's sort of like food hyperfixations. Exactly. You're like really into bagels for a while and then you don't have a bagel for months. And then all of a sudden you're like, wow, bagels. Bagels. Who knew about those guys? That shit slaps. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But... Yeah. And I would say if I have a food hyperfixation, that's usually my little treat. That's like my go-to. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That makes sense. Especially like buttered toast. Great little treat. I've been really into cinnamon sugar toast lately. Oh yes. Excellent little treat. It's such a good little treat. Amazing little treat. Mm -hmm. I, I have a thought though, and Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm curious as to what your thoughts are on my thought. Yeah. Provide your thoughts. I will. I'm so just I about to do to that right now. Further thoughts. Yes. For, for your thoughtfulness. Um, so every, every day or roughly every day, it's not actually every day. I would say it's probably five out of the seven days in a week. I, I think to myself, I need a little treat, but I never, ever, ever think to myself that I want a big treat, you know, like it's not very- like, Oh, I, Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I'm very like big treat averse almost. I, I hate spending large sums of money. Mm-hmm. Even if I'm spending, I mean, theoretically, I don't get a little treat for, you know, six days out of the month mm-hmm. and then I can get myself a big treat, right? Like that would be the same amount of money. Oh yeah. And yet I would, I would hate spending it. I would hate yeah. purchasing myself the big treat. Yeah. Me too. I feel like it's just because it's all at once. It's mm. a little treat. You're like, I'm allowed to be, I'm allowed to be a little bad. I'm allowed to treat <laughs> myself a little bit. It's what? It's $5. It's $5. I'm not going to buy a house with $5. Exactly. And then if it's a big treat, you're like, I could be using this to put this into my 401k though. Mm. Or I could be using this to, I don't know, buy like a replacement for this, like a new keyboard that I really need, like a more ergonomic keyboard. And, and that's you're not- right. But that money never would have gone to that anyways. Like yeah. the money was always going to be for a treat. It was always and I don't know why treat. I can't break that barrier. Cause I completely agree with you that anytime I sort of have like a large sum of money, my instant thought is I should save this. I should like pay my student loans. I should do something productive Mm -hmm. with this money. Even if that money was always going to be for little treats. Always going to be, maybe you need a little treat fund, a big treat fund, a big treat fund. Anytime, any day, like at the end of the day where you haven't, Mm. you know, gotten myself a little little treat, treat, either a 
get yourself a little treat. Right. You like realize, well, honestly, that would be my problem is I would realize, oh, I haven't gotten myself a little treat. That's just cause to right. give myself for a me to get treat. a little treat. But in the case that that doesn't happen, you put like, well, this also doesn't quite work because nobody carries cash anymore, mm. but you could like put $5 into a little box or yeah. at least like a placeholder. Or like a separate savings account, perhaps. Yeah, or separate savings account or something. It says, this is my little treat fund. And this Honestly, is specifically for treats, not for saving, not right. for anything responsible, just for treats. I think I might genuinely do that. Yeah. That sounds like a fun way to save up for a big treat. Yeah. What would, what would your big treat of choice be? Or one I wouldn't, your- I feel like I wouldn't know until it happened. Mm. Let me know how it works out. I will. Yeah. yeah. I'll update you. I would, but I feel like what, what is my excuse for not doing it? <laughs> I don't have one. I think because you're more big tree diverse than I am. So even the idea of saving for a big treat is overwhelming. Cause I feel like my instinct would be I could use this for a big treat. And I know this fund is allocated for big treat fund for big treats, Mm -hmm. but I could also just like use it for other stuff. Mm. Cause I think also you're a little bit more ride or die than I am. Mm. Like, you know, you had your move streak on your Apple watch for what? Like (gasps) 400 and something days. And And you were so intense about it. And I feel like it would be the same thing. Yeah. Like with the big treat fund is, is you would just like not ever let yourself actually spend it because you would want to keep saving it. I like seeing, I like seeing the little numbers go you up. You do like seeing the little numbers and you don't like seeing the little numbers go down. I hate seeing the little numbers go down. I yeah. love seeing the little numbers go up. I mean, who doesn't like seeing the little numbers go up? Also, I just want to make a quick shout out here. Yeah. Thanks, Andy, for ruining my move streak. It's your fault. 100% your fault. I just wanted to put that out there. Are you going to put that out there? Are you going to send him a clip or are you just going to like force him <laughs> to listen to this episode and be like, there's a surprise there. for you? I'm not going to tell him, but if he happens to listen, He'll know. I think he's only listened to the one, but if he happens to listen to this one, I just want you to know. If he like brings you flowers on a random day, you'll know why. I'll know why. <laughs> like, you know about the move streak, don't you? You listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Which by the way, your episode is doing much better than mine. Well, not much better, but slightly it's, better than mine. It's and a whole three about. listens ahead. I'm pretty salty about it. Like, yeah, you just not like my I'm voice. I'm just saying, when I brought it up earlier, you said, oh, it's not even a big deal. Your episode's been out longer. It, it doesn't count yet. Claire, that's called being in denial. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty happy with myself. I'm glad that most of you are here for me, not Elise. It's not most. It's not a majority. Okay. I, I don't okay. Know. It's not a majority. <laughs> Get fucked. Send us an email at don'twatchlist.com and tell us who you like better. We promise it's, we won't get upset. Don't watch at gmail.com. Don't even, you don't even know. You don't even know the name. What of did I own. say? No. You said don'twatchlist.com. I keep doing that. You I do. That so many times. I think we just need to get a website. We do. We do. Yeah. For all of our merch. All the domain. For all of our merch. Mm. Great plans for the merch. Yeah. As soon as we get enough listeners to justify merch, it's over. It is dropped. All right. What do you, what do you got for us today? I I've got a great, a great show for you. Um, I am going to today take us into a new frontier of trashy TV. 
Oh, I am. Interesting. We are diving in to reality television. Oh my gosh. Yes. I can't believe it's taken us this long. It's taken us so long because I feel like we wanted to kick things off showing people that trashy TV is not what you typically think of as trashy TV. So we didn't want to be like too stereotypical up front. Yeah. Because we wanted to show people that like it's different. Yeah, there's we, we're not basic in our trashy TV. We're very expansive in our trashy TV. I mean, we can be, ba- I do exclude, not exclusively, but extensively watch The Bachelor a yes. lot. Yes, yeah. And also the-, the last several TV shows you've told me that you're currently watching have in fact been reality TV shows. Yep, 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 yep. yep. Yeah. Love is Blind. I watch, I would say less reality TV than you, but I still greatly enjoy it. I think the reason why I watch more of it is just because a lot of my friends do. Mm. And half of the fun of watching reality TV is just making fun of it to your friends. 100%. So if your circle doesn't watch it, then it's Mm -hmm. not as fun. You're missing out on half of the experience. Right. I would argue the reality TV show that I'm doing today, though, is not like that. It's not. I've never felt the desire to make fun of the show with my friends. Well, you have sent me clips. Well, not making fun of it. It's not making fun of it, but you have sent me clips of like things that you enjoy. That's true. Forever. Yes. Yes. But it, it is different. It's different. It is a different vibe. It's different. Okay. Have we done enough lead up yet? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm, I'm just right. ripping. You're, you're <laughs> Today, in charge of the boat here. You don't need my permission. You're right. This is my episode, which mm-hmm. is going to do better than your no, episode. No. Um, no, precedent no. stage. This is going to nog head. How dare you? <laughs> Actually, your episode is currently doing worse than Noghead. Yeah, because Noghead's had a while to linger around, okay? And we <laughs> called out Noghead specifically. I'm sure people went back and listened again because they felt bad. They didn't. No one else listened to Noghead. You don't know. Because you, you guys are fake fucking fans. <laughs> um, okay. So you can't insult the four people that listen. <laughs> so... The show that I have for you today is Survivor. Yes, I, I haven't watched the full season of Survivor, I will admit, like start to finish. Mm-hmm. But I have seen like an episode or two here and there. Okay, hopefully today we'll convince you that it's time to get involved. All right. To get started. Dive in. So for those of you who may not know, Survivor is a reality show, as we've discussed, and it is hosted by... The chef kiss of a man, Jeff Probst. And I say that he's not that attractive. He's just a he's just a chef kiss of a man, like in every respect. He's just a dude, though. It's he's just kind of a dude. He's just no, he's chef, he's very guy. chef kiss. He's a guy. No, he's not just a guy. He's very he's just a regular, like if you searched up No, it's not about his attractiveness like guy. level. It would be him. It has nothing to do with his looks. It has everything to do with who he is as a person. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, okay, so Survivor. Um, the premise of the show is that a group of complete strangers go somewhere in the isolated wilderness altogether, and they have to fend for themselves and survive for 39 days. They have to provide themselves with food, shelter, fire, and everything else they need to survive um, and to keep their tribe mates alive and happy and all of that stuff. 
And in the meantime, while they're doing all of that, they also have to compete in physical and mental competitions with the other um, contestants for rewards and to remain safely in the competition. So every single week, one person is voted out of the show um, until only the sole survivor is left. When the show starts, there are usually two or three tribes of contestants, um, and the tribes are in competition with one another. So you are relying on your tribe mates to like win in these challenges so that your tribe doesn't have to go to tribal council. Um, eventually, that changes. Later on in the game, there's something that's called the merge, where all of the tribes come together and they are now one tribe and then it becomes every man for themselves. And instead of competing to keep your tribe immune from tribal council, you're fighting to keep yourself immune from tribal council. Um, I think, mm-hmm. yeah, I've only ever watched the ones that are early on in the season that they still have the tribes, but I guess that makes sense that eventually they would have to like parse it down because there's only one winner right right Right, exactly so it usually happens at around sorry what's the prize what the prize at the end like oh a million dollars oh word word i was like why why are they doing this if there's no big treat at the end (laughs) there's a big treat it's a very (laughs) big treat um and everyone who goes on the show gets i think ten thousand dollars and then second place gets a few hundred thousand and third place gets a little bit less than that and then everyone else is ten thousand, and the winner gets a million nice it's nice that they're actually paid because i know for a lot of reality tv most i want to say like like at least this is the case for the bachelor if you don't win if you're not one of the final two mm-hmm. well the final like person that gets chosen you don't get anything yeah like you get the screen time but like you have to quit your job for like or at least take a leave of absence for like several months on end Mm -hmm. so you have to be financially able to do that yeah which really kind of like parses it down but I really like that every person who's participating in this at least gets some kind of compensation yeah it's good um they also just recently a few seasons ago did what was called winners at war which is one of the greatest seasons um it was all the entire season was made up of previous winners of the game and all of them competing against each other um but Everyone for that season got paid way more money because they had such high profiles, especially for people who are really into Survivor. Um, And so I think the winner got like $4 million or something. And yeah, no, it was like on a whole nother scale. It was incredible. But they knew that they were going to get such high viewership because it was all of these like huge names in the game that everyone was really excited to see come back and play. Yes, that's awesome. Um, okay. So yeah. So then the show primarily relies on like alliances. There's, there's obviously a physical aspect to the game where if you're really good at swimming or if you're really strong, or if you're really good at solving puzzles, you'll be able to win some challenges most likely and keep yourself or your tribe safe. Um, and so there's definitely that sort of physical aspect of it, but most of the game focuses on the social aspect of creating alliances with people, making sure you're on the right side of the alliance. So you have, they always talk about it as in like, you have the numbers, you have more people than the other people against you have so that so you can end, vote out. That's what matters. Like everyone's voting against you. It's not like winning, I guess like the immunity kind of helps. Yeah, I mean, if you're immune, 
they can't vote against you. But that's only like one week, right? So if you yeah. make all these enemies because you have immunity and like you're fine, you don't mm-hmm. have to worry about it that week, you're fucked the next week. You're yeah. just going to go be get voted out if you don't have, like you said, the numbers. And there are some cases where winning immunity for one week is absolutely fucking crucial. Like if your alliances are tied, you know, there's four on one side, four on another side, um, and you get immunity and they vote for you, um, or they vote for someone else and you give them your immunity, like you can play strategically so that you end up with the numbers after that, but you're absolutely right. For the most part, you need to have the numbers on your side to do really well. And there are definitely people who have gone on immunity streaks and won like five or six weeks in a row all on their own. But at the end of the day, you still need people to like you because, so the other fun part about the show is that the winner is not decided by like, you know, everyone in America votes. The winner is decided by who you vote out. They all vote at the end. Everyone who makes it to the merge, after you after you get voted out at that point, you're on something called the jury. Um, and so the jury, they come in for every single tribal council after they're voted out and they can't say anything, but they just watch everything happening. And tribal council is really cool because it's where someone gets voted out, but it's also just sort of Jeff asking what's been going on during the week and people air out their dirty laundry. They talk about who's doing well in challenges and who's not. They talk about what camp life is like, all of that stuff. And then eventually they do vote somebody out. Um, I love that. So you're not just trying to be likable for like the general, like America, the audience, like you have to be a likable person, even if like you need to compete against somebody else, because you know, it's either you or somebody else who are going to get voted out. Like Mm -hmm. you're the least liked or something like you cannot be making any enemies, even for people that are getting voted out. Except you have to make enemies because it's you or them. So you have to make enemies in such a way that they still respect the way you played the game enough to vote for you in the end. So if you just like backstab someone, people get really pissed about it. Mm -hmm. And that's what's called like a bitter jury. And -hmm. so there have definitely been games where someone played an incredible game, but they pissed off everyone on the jury. So they refused to vote for them. And someone else who played a worse game but like made it to the final two that get voted on the final two or three that get voted on they win because everyone else hated the person that they're competing against because that person like backstabbed or lied um but if you're honest with people and you just say i'm sorry i'm i've got the numbers on my side you can tell me what you want about how you know you're gonna take me to the end but i just don't believe you and i'm gonna vote you out and people fucking respect that. Like, yeah. and they will vote for you because you played an honest game. And that's not always the case. Like sometimes people respect people who are really good at like blind sides and things like that. But for the most part, you have to be really careful about the way that you get people out of the game because those people decide whether or not you get a million dollars. It's so cool. So at the very, this is kind of a specific question but at the very end when it's the last like between the last two people is it or the last it's two or three it changes which we will be discussing oh perfect because I was going you might already cover this but I was going to ask do they get the chance to like speak for themselves and be like I know I backstabbed like backstabbed a lot of you I had to do it like Mm -hmm. I'm really sorry like kind of mend fences at the end yeah so the final tribal council is unlike the other tribal councils in that the jury gets to speak and so what happens is 
at the start of that tribal council, the two or three final contestants will do sort of like opening remarks almost where they'll talk about, this is the type of game I played. This is how I was trying to win. This is all of the you know, ways that I was better than my opponents. I won challenges. Um, you know, I managed to stay in this game even though I didn't have the numbers, blah, 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 whatever. And then the jury all get to ask questions. Ooh. Everyone gets to ask one question. Number so one, how up. dare you? Honestly, sometimes that happens. Like sometimes people will just attack one of the finalists. And mm-hmm. there's this famous one, um, this guy, Reed, he like laid into um, this woman, Missy and her daughter, Baylor um and called her like the wicked stepmother like gave a monologue about just how awful she was he didn't even end up asking a question <laughs> like he was just like I will use this time just to be right just to rant it was petty and incredible I love it. um a lot of times what jury members will do is they'll say you know you had this really great strategic plan that you claim was you, this person on the jury says that they led that and that you voted them out, you know, the next tribal council so that they wouldn't win. Like, what do you have to say about that? You know? So it's sort of like targeting stuff like that. Or sometimes people will ask a question of the person that they want to win. And so they'll give them a softball, like talk about how, how you won all those challenges. Like you did so good. I love that. Like hyping them up. Yeah, exactly. Um, so final tribal is super fun because you never know how the jury is going to react or what they're going to say. Yeah. Um, and so it's super fun to watch. Because I imagine if I was on the jury, I would just be planning out. I was just like, watch this whole thing, like kind of go down and plot about like, okay, this guy was a real dick. Mm-hmm. I need to perfectly craft what I'm going to say every single time I see his stupid face. Right. <laughs> Need to like and like one thing that's really fun is um how the finalists will craft their answers Mm. to appeal to people and so there's one specific instance that I'm thinking of this guy Todd he was in the finals um and he knew that like one of what was likely to be a swing vote of whether or not he was gonna win he knew this guy had like a massive ego And so he started talking about how he knew Todd was talking about, I knew I had to get you out. I knew you were going to be a huge threat to me at the end of the game. Um, So I'm really sorry that I like backstabbed you early on, but I knew if I kept you in the game any longer, you were going to take me down. You were the only person that I was worried about beating me. And then in the reunion, he was like, that was all a lie. I was never concerned about you. I just didn't want to live with you anymore. I just wanted to like had your ego so that you would vote for me exactly and he did amazing I love that so good and of course they've been out there starving Mm -hmm. and doing these super physically intensive challenges for 39 days so they're like hardly able to even think and they have to come up with this shit on the spot it's so incredible to watch this is kind of along those lines a little bit unrelated but I remember one of the very few episodes of Survivor I watched this this goes along with like how tough it is being out there pretty much mm-hmm. on your own like the the camera crew and like the producers are not really allowed to interact right yeah or have very very minimal interaction mm-hmm. unless it's like a medical emergency yeah um there's this woman where while she was sleeping a bug crawled in her ear oh god oh I, I hated that oh 
And I just, I just thought I would mention that because I didn't like it very much. No, it was awful. And it was in there for like hours and she was trying to get it out. And I, oh no, I know exactly what I'm talking about. And that's when I had to look up, like, are they just not allowed to intervene? Because if I woke up and there was a bug in my ear, I'd be like, I don't give a fuck about the competition. Get this shit out. The thing is, is like, she could have called for medical. I don't actually know why she didn't. Because anyone's allowed to call for medical help at any point in time. And like, they will come and and assist you. It can happen. Like if you get hurt during a challenge, if you're feeling really, really sick Mm -hmm. at you know, camp or something like they don't want people to die. Yeah. So she could have called for medical. I don't really know why she didn't. Maybe like a pride thing. It could be. Yeah. Who knows? But yeah, like the producers themselves cannot intervene at all. And they like don't really talk to them at all. Yeah. The producers do a lot before the show starts, mm-hmm. but not really. They're just kind of there <laughs> during. Yeah. yeah. Which I kind of like about it because especially for like reality dating TV, mm-hmm. they're way over involved. Like we yeah. talked about this when I, we did, um, was it called unreal yeah yeah like producers are way too involved in like creating drama and stuff but with survivor they're so exhausted that it just happens it just happens naturally right um okay cool i'm gonna jump into the good the bad and the trashy if we're all set with that Mm -hmm. so for the good um my favorite is challenges um Mm -hmm. so there are two types of challenges um you get two every single week um and so one is for rewards and that could be food it could be going to a spa it could be getting to read a letter from your family it could be actually your family visiting you mm-hmm. um and then the second type of challenge is for immunity so that's what we were talking about where either your tribe can't be voted out or you as an individual can't be voted out um so the challenges are like super intense and it's the sort of thing where you watch it and you think I could do that. You cannot, you Mm -hmm. cannot do that. And like, they range so widely where one of them will be, okay, you have to swim out to a dock, like 500 feet. I don't actually know like what a large swimming distance is. Um, feet is pretty, it would be 500 meters. Okay. 500 meters. You're swimming 500 meters to this dock. And then when you get there, you have to go underwater and untie nine bags from this rope. And then you have to swim back with the nine bags. And then you have to take the bags up a flight of stairs and then you have to open the bags, but they're knotted really tightly. And then you have to take all of the puzzle pieces out of those bags and you have to solve a puzzle. And then whoever does that first wins, right? I would fuck up that challenge. I'm a great swimmer. Just saying, uh, <laughs> I would be able to do that. No problem. I could do that. <laughs> Easy. I, what did I just say? Do you think I listen <laughs> to your warnings? My ego is bigger than that. <laughs> and that would be most likely that would be like one of the challenges you have when you're competing as a tribe. And so there would be two or three people who do the swimming, two or three people who solve the puzzle, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, alternatively, the challenge could be, you know, for individuals and you could just have to like hold your arm above your head and it's tied to a bucket and you have to leave your arm there and not let water fall on you for as long as possible. And that lasts for eight hours and you're in the hot sun. You don't have access to a bathroom. You don't have any water and you're just fucking standing there with your arm above your head for eight hours. See for endurance ones like that. Cause I've watched big brother quite a bit Mm -hmm. they do similar things where it's just like challenges that you have that go on for like eight hours that you just have to stand there or like hold something or whatever I know I would fail those so fast endurance is my kryptonite I could never I would give up I can't even hold a plank I would give up after 
three minutes. <laughs> and there's a lot of the times with those specific challenges, Jeff will do this thing where he comes out an hour in and he's like, okay, anyone who drops their hand right now gets to eat a piece of steak or like immediately drop immediately. <laughs> and you see people who are, who know they're safe. Like they know that their Alliance has, you know, eight members against three members on the other Alliance. So they're like, what the fuck do I care? Yeah, like, like, okay, I'm fine with this. And they'll drop immediately. And then the people who actually need to win immunity are just like furious about it. Yeah. And then he'll come out an hour later and he's like, all right, that wasn't enticing enough. What about milkshakes? Anyone want a milkshake? Mm-hmm. And like, he'll just do drop. that to try to get people to come down. And I think it's so funny. I love um, it. Um, okay. Other things that I really love about Survivor, Jeff Probst, (laughs) beautiful man. I love him so much. (laughs) He has this like really dry sense of humor that I'm a big fan of. And so he tries to remain super neutral and impartial. And like, he tries to be just a really good host, but sometimes he breaks. Sometimes (laughs) something happens and he just can't keep his little quip in and he has to say something. And so- for one of these challenges, um, someone was like blindfolded. And so another person was supposed to be calling out to them to direct them to like solve a puzzle or something. But the person calling out was not paying attention to the specific person. And so Jeff was like, he's standing there like a middle schooler waiting for someone to ask him to dance, but there's no one coming up to him. Oh, no. <laughs> it was just so sad. Oh no. Um, another time there was, um, it was like a loved ones challenge. And so all of their loved ones had been like flown into this remote island that they were on and they were in a competition to see who was going to get to spend the day with their loved one, but the loved ones were involved in the challenge. And so this one competitor, Colby, was getting really mad at his brother because his brother was doing really poorly in the challenge. He had to like throw water and his brother had to try to catch it in his bucket and they had to like whoever collected the most water to like make a flag fall would win but his brother was just not catching any of the water and so he was like running up and he was like damn it Reed!" (laughs) and Jeff was like it's okay Colby's been like this the whole time it's not you (laughs) my god I just love Jeff Mm. um another thing that I really like about the show um and I've heard this from other fans. And once I like noticed it, like I can't stop noticing it. Um, but people say that the way Jeff narrates the challenges is really good and makes it enjoyable for people who are blind. And mm-hmm. so what he does is like during the challenge, he will just he's like really specific in the way that he narrates it. So he'll be like, okay, the red team is pulling ahead. The red team right now is unpacking their puzzles. They're about to go up. John is going to solve the puzzle. He's not doing too well. Purple team is lagging behind and he'll, he'll do that for the entirety of the challenge. And sometimes the, the competitors get really pissed at him because they're like, I'm literally in the middle of something and you're saying that I'm doing a bad job. I don't like don't, that. Don't call me out on this. <laughs> but like, because he does that, it makes mm-hmm. it so that people who are blind, like don't feel left out. They can still yeah. like they get the excitement of what's happening during the challenge because yeah. he's being so specific about exactly where everyone is and how they're playing out. Yeah, giving um, the exact so play really by play. Cool. Exactly. I like that a lot. That's awesome. Yeah. And like, yeah, I never noticed it on my own because 
it's not something that I like needed to enjoy it. But now that I know about it, I get like super excited every time he does yes. it. Um, and I feel like that's something that is like, I've been noticing more and more is that like accessibility is not something that like, I feel like people always think, well, not like good people, but like bigoted <laughs> people often make the excuse of like, oh, we have to like do it this way. And it's like, so out of the way, like, no, it's not like, yeah, you don't even notice it half the time, but it helps so much exactly for like certain types of people, you know? Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Like it did not hinder my experience watching the show and often leads to like some of the funniest moments. Cause yeah. like I said, contestants are like getting pissed at him for yeah, like, saying that they're doing a terrible that I'm falling job. Behind. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's like crucial for like other people's enjoyment, you know, like, and it's just so easy for him to do. He just does it yeah. naturally. Um, moving into the bad, um, the seasons vary a lot in quality. Um, and I think it's because the game focuses so much on the like social aspect and the relationship building and alliances and things like that. So specific contestants can really make or break a season. Sometimes Mm -hmm. there's nobody that you want to root for. Like everyone is just really mean and rude and they suck. Um, and they're not interesting to watch. Like I can certainly get behind a villain character, but if they're just like annoying and bad at the game, like. That's not a villain. That's just meh. Yeah. And if like no one's good at strategizing or like there's not a standout who's really good in the challenges, like I'm just not going to enjoy it enough. But then other times, like every single contestant is like playing their heart out and everyone has a different strategy and they're like working the system. And obviously those are the the seasons that I love the most. Um, And so I think if you watch Survivor, at -hmm. least the first time that you like try to get into it you need what I would like to call a survivor guide Mm. for me mine was my good friend Jordan um he sort of saw me through the process of like which how to choose which season I should watch and which season I should skip um and I I just think it 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 really helped me enjoy it because I think if I had watched a bunch of shitty seasons in a row I never would have like learned to love the game Mm -hmm. but because he showed me okay start with this one it's going to be a little boring but you need it as background for this season and this is one of the best seasons and then you're going to do this season and this season and that's going to help you like understand the strategy for this season and like it was all building to each other and I thought that was really great so I would like to say for those of you who are interested in starting start with season 13 then season 15 then season 16 then you're going to skip and you're going to go season 18, 19, 20. Then you're going to skip all the way to season 25. And if you get through all of that, let me know and I will give you more information. The greatest season of all time is season 28. But you can't just watch season 28. You need... Is 28 the winter season, I assume? No, that's 40. Oh. Why can't you watch 40? The like winners at war is my second favorite season of all time. Really? Okay. Season 28 is, has my fucking heart. Why can't you watch it first? Because you won't understand the game enough to respect how good of a season it is. Mm, The way 
it's just it's unlike any other season and that the way alliances work in season 28 is completely different from how they ever were before interesting but you won't recognize that unless you have the background the backstory gotcha. of all of the other season is this the same pattern that jordan gave you yes <laughs> do do you agree now with absolutely and having watched the I watched in this pattern and obviously beyond this pattern Mm -hmm. and then I like went back and watched the seasons that I skipped and Mm -hmm. I I understand why he had me skip them like they're good seasons now that I have a respect for the game but if Mm -hmm. I had watched them in order I never would have made it as far as I did really yeah okay interesting when should people watch season 28 the best season could they watch it after all of those Okay, so amending the list, 13, right. 15, 16, mm-hmm. 18, 19, 20, 25, 26, 27, 28. Perfect. And then if you get through all that, talk to me. <laughs> you get through all of those. You're still <laughs> jonesing for more. I love it. Because then you have to like, then you have to, because all of that is essentially build up to get to 28. And then you have to build up to get to 40. Mm, 28 like and 40 are the best seasons. Here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you have to earn that. Exactly. That's exactly it. It's a big treat, you know. Big treat. <laughs> um, okay. Moving on to the trashy, if you will. Oh, yeah. So unbelievability of plot. I mean, it's sort of just classic reality TV show. They're definitely editing it just as much as they are The Bachelor. We already talked about the producers aren't nearly as involved during the show they're definitely doing shit before the show. So they pick out what contestants are allowed to wear. Um, and so they definitely play up certain aspects of people's personality. Like they'll make the guy who's a lawyer wear a suit. They'll really? make the cr- on the beach? On the beach. <laughs> <laughs> or they'll like have um like the farmer's daughter she's always in like jean shorts and a flannel and you only get one or two outfits and then like a bathing suit Mm -hmm. so you're really stuck with whatever they give you and people found out that you know the the producers are sort of choosing what they wear so they would try to pick strategically so they obviously you don't want to be wearing jean shorts if you're going to be like swimming in the water all the time and like Mm -hmm. you're going to want more coverage on your legs so you don't get sunburn all the time you're not going to want to wear a suit on the island and the producers Mm -hmm. Because you, you submit outfit options for them and they, mm-hmm. they you know, Choose people were that. figuring out sort of what the producers were doing. So they would just submit different outfits. But then the producer would be like, oh, we need you to submit an outfit that you, you know, might wear for like a press tour afterwards. And then they would make them wear the press tour outfit on the island. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I hate so it. rude. <laughs> They definitely play confessionals at opportune times, even if they refer to another event. So I think we talked about this when when you did Unreal, mm-hmm. where sometimes it'll be like, you know, 30 days into the season. So these people have obviously like grown out their facial hair. They have not showered in a month. Mm-hmm. Um, their clothes are super fucking raggedy. Mm-hmm. But then suddenly there will be a confessional where they look clean shaven and like their clothes are super neat. And you're like, this didn't happen right now. <laughs> like, like you are lying. I'm not dumb. I have, I'm I can stupid. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Um, 
And then the last thing about that is like the contestants are never actually alone. So there are several seasons that feature like Exile Island and they make Mm -hmm. it seem like it's this like huge thing where like you're completely devoid of human contact for two days. Like we have footage of this because there was someone else there with you. Yeah, there was a camera crew. Like I understand that they're like not interacting, but it's not like you're completely alone, you know? Um. So yeah, just like classic reality TV show stuff, I think, where they're like playing up certain aspects of it, playing down other aspects, whatever. Yeah. Um, the relationship you root for, this was really interesting because there's not really a lot of Survivor love stories. I mean, there are some, like people definitely fuck on Survivor. <laughs> you love to see it. But I thought of this question sort of different from how I do with like most of the shows we've done. Um, and I thought about it as like alliances yeah, that like really that. stand out to me and like alliances that I really rooted for. Um, and so there were two that like super stuck out in my mind. And then there's another, but I'm not going to talk about it because it's from season 28 and I don't want to spoil it. Oh. I'm sorry. I'm not going to be taking any questions on this. Unbelievable. So rude. all you have to do is watch season 13, 15, 16, then 18, 19, 20, then 25, then 26, 27, 28. And then you'll know. And you'll know. And then you'll know. Out of curiosity, how many episodes are each season? Um, I think usually like 20-ish oh my god (laughs) yes you know it's a commitment (laughs) and if episodes are like 40 minutes yeah if it's like seven or eight I'm like I could theoretically do this at like it would take a while it would take me a while but I could get there you can get there 20 you can get there (laughs) like starting Grey's Anatomy at season one (laughs) you're not gonna make it through I'm so sorry it's worth it Oh God. It's worth it. If you want to know about the one Alliance that truly holds my heart. Um, okay. So some of the alliances that really stuck out to me, um, what was called the FOA FOA four in Samoa. Um, this was an underdog Alliance. They were down to four after the merge and the other tribe had like nine members or something like that. Like they definitely should have been picked off one by one. But they were so savvy at like turning the big alliance against each other where they would just casually go up to someone and be like, hey, that guy was talking earlier. And he said that like after they get us out, you're the first to go. Like you probably wouldn't want to side with them in that case. Right. Because, you know, bottom man. Um, Or they would go up to someone else and be like, isn't it? so annoying that like this person just like never carries their weight around camp I mean they eat so much rice but I've never seen them build the fire like I don't know it feels like they're just a drain on resources (laughs) and it worked like they it absolutely should not have worked they should have gotten those four people out immediately they should have seen what they were doing like why would you talk shit about this one person that's on not even on your team but I imagine they like framed it as oh we already know that we're gone that's so exactly what they really did affect us yeah exactly what they did and three of them made it to the finale three Ooh, of the four one of them win one of them did win yes i love it poor fourth um, one. actually i think the person who won that season should not have won really? um and we could discuss which at length i think think it's 15 no I think it's 16 okay so pretty early on in your your cadence 
Let me, I'm just looking up what season number it is. Oh, sorry. It's 28, isn't it? It's 19. Oh man. I don't know if I'm going to make it that far. I'm going to be real. You have to. It has, oh. I'll talk about later, but it has one of my favorite Survivor contestants ever. Okay. Okay. Um, and then um, the Coconut Bandits in Blood versus Water are another one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was during, so Blood versus Water was, um, you went out with one of your loved ones. Like it was like you and your sister or like you and your partner, you and your daughter all went out to compete. And then you were divided onto separate tribes. <gasps> and so you like immediately were like working against the people that you love most in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, super, super cool con- um, concept. So the Coconut Bandits were a group of people whose loved ones had gotten voted out incredibly early on. And so they were super pissed about it. And they just started like wreaking havoc at camp. Like they were stealing coconuts, hence Coconut Bandits, mm-hmm. or like hiding people's shit or like, you know, putting out the fire at random times. Like they were just really pissed and just like caused chaos They're and like, they I did not get very anymore. far it was mm-hmm. not a good alliance they pissed everyone off but they had fun they had fun and really that's all that matters exactly um okay and then the one from 28 but we're not going to discuss we're not going to discuss that no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> so there are also like other good sort of interpersonal relationships that occur every season people definitely make friends for life people do in fact find girlfriends and boyfriends although they have not been brushing their teeth or cleaning their genitals for you know weeks and or months so couldn't be me could not be me could not be me um so one of those relationships that really stands out to me um is these two twins they were also on the blood versus water season um that i i referenced with the coconut bandits um and it was natalie and nadia um and they had never spent more than a day or two away from each other and then nadia was the first person voted out so not so natalie made it her fucking mission she was like i'm gonna win this season for my sister nadia to like avenge her and i'm not going to tell you whether or not she won she does yeah, she does. <laughs> but it's just like they'd never spent more than two days apart. And like the longest period they had ever been apart was these 39 days. Oh my God. And then her sister won a million dollars because of it. Like, how fucking cool is that? That's so cool. Love it. I love that. And and I don't think she would have won had her sister not been the first person voted out. Like it lit a fire under her. It was incredible to see. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Um <laughs> sorry. Oh, that little stretchy wiggle. So characters. Um, in most of the seasons, you can find several, if not all, of like classic survivor archetypes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a bunch of these. I'm only going to talk about a couple of them. But once you watch two or three seasons, you will know most of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's the villain. I have two favorite villains. Um, one is Russell Hans which is the guy from Samoa, um, who I really like. Mm-hmm. And the other one is Tony Vlachos. Um, they are liars. They are backstabbers. They screw over every single person. They never remain true to their alliances. They like tear people apart and they have varying degrees of success. So I will leave it at that. All right. I'll leave it at that. Um, there's also the classic like young athletic 
good looking dude who like carries their tribe and challenges. Um, so there's Ozzy, Malcolm, Joe. These people usually make it pretty far because of the charming aspect of it. Um, and they help a lot around camp. They do win the challenges. They're fun to look at, but they but almost never win because they're a huge threat because everyone likes them. Yep. And they usually get taken out like <clears throat> right at the start of the merge because they don't, what you don't want is for them to go on like what's called an immunity streak where they just keep winning immunity. So you can't get them out later. Mm-hmm. So they usually get voted out right around the time that the merge happens. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also what I like to call the crazy cat lady. Um, it's just like a weird, usually older woman who's mm-hmm. just like being weird around camp. So there's Debbie, Jatia, Shambo. Mm. Um, so they'll do things like throw rice on the fire, brag about the time they spent with the CIA. They usually get voted out pretty quickly. Like no. they're a distraction on camp, uh, on, around camp. They're kind of annoying. They're not <laughs> usually very good in the challenges. There's kind of no purpose to keep them around except like, like why are value you for a little bit. <laughs> um, there's like a bunch more, but like those are some of my favorite ones. And like, mm-hmm. if you do watch it, we should talk about like which stereotypes you see because I just think that they're fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also really fun to watch people either play up or try to downplay their the stereotype that they know they were cast for. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone does it like a little bit different, but like some people you're like, you can't possibly be this weird. <laughs> like you have to be making this up. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about coach and you will understand that when you watch his season. All right. All right. Um, so then there's the girl boss. And I think mm-hmm. there are two, but I think you're going to disagree with me that there are two. Okay. Um, so there's the classic girl boss. And then there's the person who I desperately just want to become a girl boss. Like I want her to find her girl bossness. Mm, you an know? aspiring girl boss, maybe. But she's not. Like a potential girl boss? No. I just want her to be one. And you'll understand when I get to her. Pathetic girl boss? Pathetic girl boss. Oh, no. Um, okay. Giving April Lovegate. April Lovegate. April Lovegate. Parks and Rec. No, not at all. No? Not even a little bit. Okay, interesting. Who, I'm trying to think of like an example. Just to tease it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like a... Do you, you know Eric from Santa Clarita? Yes. He, like him. Yes! <laughs> I definitely get what you mean. Yes. Like, like you he, want something to, ha- you want him to be a girl boss. Yeah. You, he knows you he want can. him to figure it out. Like Greg, Greg yeah. from Succession. <laughs> um, okay. So I'm going to start with the real girl boss. Cause that seems mm-hmm. reasonable. Um, so that would be Parvati. So Parvati competed on Survivor four times. Yes. Okay. So this is going back to the, do we have a new trashy TV archetype? Is it? pathetic little man which can be <laughs> and girl boss I think we might have to include a pathetic little man category because it's I feel like pathetic little man isn't in all of them it's a fairly recent development. right it would it would have to be on a case-by-case basis for yeah. sure but I think we should add okay so Siri is unfortunately our pathetic little man and you have no idea how deeply this hurts me oh no um okay 
So Parvati competed on Survivor four times and she won once, which is great. Um, She first appeared in the Cook Islands and she placed sixth. She then came back on Fans versus Favorites, where she led the infamous Black Widow Brigade, which I'll talk about. She then competed twice more, and she once came in as the runner-up on Heroes versus Villains, and then she was voted out extremely quickly because of how much of a threat she was during Winners at War. Gotcha. Um, so what makes her a girl boss is definitely the Black Widow Brigade. Um, so this was in the fans versus favorite mm. seasons. One of the greatest seasons, in my opinion. It's not season 28, um, but it's, it's up there for sure. Mm. So Parvati was in such a strong position after the merge that she could literally pick any alliance she wanted and she would have been in the majority. Mm. Every single person essentially loved her and she mm. got to like pick and choose what she wanted and who she thought would like take her to victory which Mm -hmm. is like definitely a lot of luck but also just indicative of like how social of a player she was Mm -hmm. uh, where people like just really liked her and flocked to her and like came to her for advice and decisions and all of that um she flip-flopped a little bit like a couple times right after the merge but eventually she decided to stick with the women and so they dubbed themselves the Black Widow Brigade, and they started taking down all of the macho men who thought that they had the game in the bag. I love it. At one point, her and and some of the other women in the Black Widow Brigade, actually, Sari, who's the pathetic little man, um, those two and then a couple others, convinced this guy, Eric. So Eric had won immunity for the week, but Mm -hmm. Eric was who they were planning to vote out that week. And Mm -hmm. Eric knew that he was who they were planning to vote out for that week, right? Mm -hmm. They convinced him after three or four hours talking to him at camp, every single one of them, like going up to him, talking to him constantly, that they actually didn't want him gone that much. They actually disliked one of the women in their alliance, like a lot. Like they really didn't like her. Definitely. But they weren't sure that they could trust Eric, you know, because Mm -hmm. Eric had been siding with the men for so long. Like, how could Mm -hmm. they trust that Eric was actually going to be on their side? Yeah. Well, something that Eric could do is give up immunity. Just give it to poverty. Give it to poverty. We're still going to vote out this girl that we don't like. But yeah, just give up your immunity and then we'll know that you're really on our side. You dumbass hoe. You have to understand, he'd been starving for like 30 days. Mm-hmm. So he was not in his right mind. Still. He's still a fucking idiot. He is the dumbass. biggest idiot who has ever played Survivor. He is a dumb, dumb idiot man. And you know, as soon as he gave it up, he was like, that was. I should not have done that. He was that. very obviously voted out that night. Yep. Yep. Naturally, but like that is the level of strategy that Parvati was playing with. And that wasn't entirely her idea, mm-hmm. but like she was leading these women. Like she was definitely the, the source of like inspiration for that sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was incredible to watch. I, oh the entire time God. I was like, there's no way he's going to give up his immunity. And Jeff's fucking watching it, like trying not to cackle. Oh my God. Oh, poor, poor man. That was like probably one of the top 10 regrets in his entire life. Oh, yeah. Like, he also Why? came back to play Survivor again mm-hmm. um, a couple seasons later. And he 
was like removed from the game at exactly the same spot because he like broke his leg or something and he's like I'm just like not destined to get past like six playthrough or whatever it was yeah poor little he's honestly more of the pathetic little man oh no so that's poverty I love her um I definitely think that she will probably take over for Jeff Probst when he finally retires. Mm, okay. Um, she helps host a lot of the, you know, reunions and things like that. Nice. Um, and she's generally she's considered one player. of the best players who ever played the game. Nice. Um, she's phenomenal. <sighs> Pathetic little man. Pathetic little man. Sari. So like Parvati, Suri has played Survivor four times, but she has unfortunately never won. Oh. Even more unfortunately, her exits have tended more and more towards tragedy in every season. Oh no. So Suri is a phenomenal player. Mm. She is smart. She always gets into the right alliances. She comes up with incredible plans. She manages to talk people into anything. Like she was crucial in talking Eric into giving up his immunity Mm -hmm. in that season with Parvati. And she always makes it really, really close to the end because she plays such a good game. She's not Mm -hmm. great at challenges, Mm -hmm. um, but in, in some ways, it's even more impressive that she gets so far being as bad at challenges as she is. Mm-hmm. But it's just because she has such an incredible social game. Mm-hmm. She came in third and fourth in her first two seasons. And then she came in sixth in her last season. Um, and there was one season that she was voted out very early on because she was a really big threat. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, in her second season, um, she was done in by a twist. Unfortunately, it was supposed to be a final three Mm -hmm. and they had spent the entire game thinking that it was going to be final three at the tribal council. Mm -hmm. And then at the very last second, Jeff told them that it was going to be a final two instead. And they had one more immunity competition. And obviously, as I've said, she's not good at at challenges. Yeah. And her two competitors knew they would not win against her. So they voted her out. No, that sucks. No, it gets worse. Oh no. In Game Changers, the last season that she played, um, she went home without a single vote being cast against her because every other person had a hidden advantage. Like one person got immunity. One person had safety during this specific vote. One person had an idol that protected them. Mm -hmm. And it's the most tragic thing to watch because everyone's pulling out all of these things. And Suri's just looking around like, I don't, I don't have anything to protect myself. And then Jeff goes and he counts the votes and he comes back and he's like, Sari, I'm really sorry. You have to go home. But for what it's worth, not a single vote in here is against you. It's not her fault. It's not her her fault. fault. I don't think she'll ever return to the game ever again, but I think she could win and be an even bigger girl boss than Parvati if she just like comes into her own. Yeah. Like she just needs to get a little meaner like yeah. and she also has such an inspiring story like she called herself like a couch potato which I don't super agree with but she was like a very like she had a very sedentary lifestyle mm-hmm. she should not have been good at survivor like mm-hmm. she was pretty socially anxious when she came out she was like I want to fucking do something like I want I want an experience and so she went on survivor and she fucking crushes it every time yeah. and she just keeps being done in by these random twists that come out of nowhere and I hate Ugh. it that's so frustrating 
producers what are you doing stop (laughs) but that my friend is survivor i like it i have been needing a new just like random show mm-hmm. to like half pay attention to something that I don't it's great for that invested. I think I might start oh my god I would love that yeah. if you do you have to like live text me the entire time you're watching oh I will 100 I'll like give you snapchats of like great clips oh I would love that <laughs> and honestly skip skip 13 skip, skip it 13? skip it if it's if if you are more likely to get started, if you can start with 15, skip 13. Okay. Okay. I might. Good. <laughs> Do you um have anything prepared for our discussion today? Sorry. It's not what we say. Do you have that's not the script, Claire? I know. I just wanted to try something no, new. No, don't go off script. Don't improvise. So I I'm a big fan of every once in a while dabbling in those Netflix comedy specials. Ooh, I like those. Yeah, which I know like isn't for everyone. Like, I don't know. Some people are like, I'd rather do this or I'd rather watch a show with a plot and say, I don't know. Yes, people do in fact have different interests. (laughs) That's kind of how people work. (laughs) Um, But I was on... TikTok Mm. and I saw just like a clip of I didn't know that it was a comedy special at the time it was just sometimes they have like stand-up comedians the the TikTok like has a clip of and I was like oh funny joke I like it (laughs) then I went on uh Netflix and I happened to click on this one like I saw a brief like teaser clip on it and I was like oh this looks fun and so I watched it it was the same one that the TikTok clip was from. What a coinkydink. Is it a coincidence or a, a coinkydink? Is it a is it a coinkydink or dun 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 put on your uh your cap, your your tinfoil cap for a second. Okay. Did the algorithm psychologically convince me to watch this particular Netflix special, even though I didn't know that it was the same one, mm. but it did it subconsciously make convince me into watching this specific show. Anyway, so I watched this comedy special. The algorithm apparently knows me well, cause I really enjoyed it. <laughs> um, yeah. It's the comedian's name is Taylor Tomlinson and the comedy special is look at you. Okay. And so she's about our age I think she's a little bit older so she's like around 25 26 Mm -hmm. um and so she's very much like gen z millennial humor like older gen z slash millennial if you will humor which hmm? you said if you will and I said I will oh oh funny funny joke (laughs) it wasn't even pre-written I can't win I can't fucking win um so I really like it and I just really like her vibe. She very much talks openly about like her mental health problems and like the fact that she's in therapy, both in a serious way and in a way of like when you're very comfortable like talking seriously about those topics, you can actually joke about like, yeah. oh yeah, I like called up my therapist and like can't wait to tell this to my therapist. <laughs> and they're gonna squirt me with a little water gun because I'm being a stupid idiot. Um And so I really like that kind of humor because it's just like normalizing these really like what used to be, I feel like kind of taboo topics. Totally. 
Um, so I really appreciate it. There's a lot of dead mom jokes, which I think you'll appreciate because it's oh, because dad. I make a lot of dead dad jokes. Exactly. We would get along. And she has like this whole bit about like you have to be in the right like audience and you have to like carefully craft your dead right. mom joke or else people get really weird about it. Right. I've been there. <laughs> and so yeah, I really, really like her. Um, she's got a good sense of humor. I feel like it's very similar to our sense of humor. Oh, good. So if you think listeners, if you think we're funny, then you'll probably think Taylor Tomlis is funny. I mean, I think we're pretty funny. So I'll probably think Taylor Tomlinson is pretty funny. I think, I think you should watch it. I, I think, think I should. I think I will actually. Yeah. Word. Do you have anything before we go? I do. See how I stuck to the script, Claire? See how I used the words? I'm sorry that I like to be creative and you innovative. And you I like to have be fun. Innovative? Are you an entrepreneur? Are you a dirty, filthy capitalist, Claire? I would never. You work in corporate America. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, I do have something before we go. Um, I have a wonderful movie called Fresh. Mm. So Fresh is a new take on dating in the modern age. Oh, I love this. Um, it stars Sebastian Stan and Daisy Edgar Jones. So it's really a bi girl's dream. Um, mm. You can look those people up. I'm not going to fucking do it for you. Uh, I don't know so why aggressive. I got so aggressive there. I'm sorry. Very aggressive. Um, so this young woman played by Daisy Edgar Jones is really tired on going on bad date after bad date. We've all been there, I'm sure. Um, and she meets the seemingly perfect man on a night in the grocery store. They start, you know, joking around about cotton candy grapes um oh I love cotton candy grapes oh they're so good relatable content yeah fantastic they exchange numbers they go on a date and they start dating and it's relatively successful like she's enjoying herself he seems to be enjoying himself it's from her point of view really Hmm. um and then about 30 minutes into the movie there is a massive tone shift oh and what we are watching is no longer a fun take on dating in the modern age and is now about cannibalism and selling right. a woman for her meat that's all i've got today all right i think this was this was good this was a solid. good one i have a feeling it was over time it was over time listeners we are trying to make them shorter we're doing our best not it's not happening I'm we sorry. like to talk we're chatty we're very chatty chatty chats and the thing is, we chat before we get on too we try to get it out of our system you know? for like an hour and a half today <laughs> but didn't help did not help thanks for listening if you're still here bye bye bye